Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yo, what's up, family? Neander Broussard with the check-in with Black Men's Wear here. Yo, this time around, we're actually taking a check-in on tour with us for the Flash Mob Weekends Tour for 2023. First stop of the tour, Las Vegas. Now, we are sitting here at the Palms Studio at the Palms Casino. Y'all, this studio hasn't been used for four years. But you know who they let come in here? Black Men's Wear. We're very appreciative of them allowing us to come in here. We got three episodes that are gonna come out of here. We got Steven Jackson, all pro running back, 10 plus years in the NFL, 11,000 plus rushing yards, Buku touchdowns. We've got CJ Watson from undrafted to 10 plus years in the pros on several NBA teams that are probably in your market, right? We've also got Super Bowl winning champ, Brandon Marshall joining us here for the first three episodes out of the next three episodes out of Las Vegas. So make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to tap into our Patreon for bonus content from all three of these episodes. Man, CJ, bro, I appreciate you ju- jumping in with us here for the check-in. Now, I ain't going to waste no time. Let's go back, right? right. 2006, uh, great senior season, draft comes around, draft goes around, you don't get drafted. Yep. What's that feel like? Uh, it was disappointing, it was discouraging. I was just telling some little kids this today, um, you know, just watching the draft with my mom and my parents, uh, just trying to see where I was going to get drafted. Actually, a team called me and told me exactly where they are going to pick me. Uh, they pick came, it didn't happen. Uh, so, you know, I definitely dropped a tear or two. That's the first time I cried from basketball, I think. And, uh, you know, just from there, it, it was uh, just calling my agent, talking to my agent, and figure out what the next move was. How did that uh, transition into the league come after that, right? So undrafted free agent, mm-hmm. 10 years plus in the league. Yep. Like, was, that, was that a chip on the shoulder that you carried throughout that, or you just played ball? No, it was definitely a chip. It made me work harder. It made me uh, kind of not prove people wrong, but prove to myself that I could do it that I wanted to, you know, uh, be at the place, the level that I thought I could play at. And mm-hmm. regardless of what people, you know, said I couldn't do or could do, I took all that information, what they told me I, I needed to work on, and, you know, was a better leader, was more vocal, worked on my scoring, you know, all those things they told me I couldn't do. I just, you know, tried to harness those things, and, you know, every day in practice, every day in workouts, you know, have that in the back of my mind, like, this is where I want to be, this is where I need to get to. Yeah, now, now speaking of where you need to get to and where you wanted to be, man, as a fan, uh, that 2010, 2011 Bulls yeah. <laughs> segment there, I mean, you, Joe Kim Noah, uh, Prime D. Rose, yeah, yeah. Lou Dang, Booze, like, yeah. y'all had a squad. Yeah. What was it like being in that arena, right? Because when I think about Bulls, I think of the 90s Bulls, and I think about y'all Bulls. Yeah. Like, what was it like playing for that franchise at that time with that kind of team? And, you know, it was tough losses that y'all yeah. took in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, it was crazy, man, because, like I said, when we first, when I first signed there, we never, we were picked to be, like, eighth or ninth in the in the conference, in the Eastern Conference, because that's not in the playoffs. So. Yeah. And uh, just going into that year, I mean, everyone was trying to prove something. I was trying to prove that I was a uh, a good backup point guard. I was one of the best backup point guards uh, in the NBA. Yeah. D. Rose was trying to prove he was a franchise player. Yeah. 
Booz is trying to prove, you know, uh, he's he's better than what he was at Utah. You know, everyone has something to prove. Yeah. Even the coach, a new coach with a new team. So we just all went in with a chip on our shoulder. We all played hard. We all knew our roles. And I think that's was the, the crazy part because, you know, uh, as successful as we were, we all, you know, uh, bought into the system, bought into D-Rose being the MVP, D-Rose, you know, being a superstar, and everybody just falling in line after that. And, then, you know, uh, we just, you know, took on any any newcomers and everybody, even LeBron and the Heat, even though we should have been to the finals that year, I think uh, they definitely had a better team than us, obviously, and they, uh, you know, got to what they wanted. Yeah, it's it's <clears> – <throat> It's it's so interesting when you think about like were y'all the number one seed? Yeah, we're the one seed. Yep. Y'all the one seed, mm -hmm. right? Again, they they the the Heat had compiled this unit, and this team that yeah. they was all just gonna run through. It was like, yeah. nah, yeah. we here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it was we, it was definitely fun to like to see the newcomers and see people teaming up and trying to you know win championships and. Um, we just put a team together, you know, just off free agency and you know, people wanted to play together and people wanted to, you know, be the best they can be. And, you know, obviously, like I said, it didn't work out, but it was fun. It was fun while it lasted. Nah, good stuff. Now, what do you think of this new, uh, this new playoff format? Now, you know, you ain't got to be top eight, top yeah, yeah. ten. You kind of play in and right. see if you can make it. What, what, what do you think of that? At first, I really didn't like it, honestly. Um, now that I've you know, sat back and seen it after a couple of years, it makes it realize that every game matters. You can't really take games off. You can't sit players down. Um, um, like I said, every game matters because you can be in that six or seven spot. You don't want to be in that playing spot because yeah. if you lose, play one of those games and lose it, you're out of the out of the playoffs. So, right. like I said, it makes uh, every game count. Every you know, every player has to play every game. You know, and this low management thing uh, obviously is a real thing, but obviously you can't, you know, take games off as freely as you want to anymore. Right. No, that's very true. Yeah, you, you, you do see that all the way through the 82nd yeah, game, yeah. super competitive because right. you're, you're trying to jostle for those positions. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's it's favorite sports, my favorite sports, yeah, basketball, yeah. like right. hands down. Um, now, as somebody that's in the middle, let's go to the middle of your career, right? Successful career, making bread, but you decide you want to get your degree. Yeah, yeah. Like what? What kind of person does it take to say, you know what? Through the midst of it all, let me finish what I set out to do mm -hmm. when I started college. I know you went to college more than just the ball. Like yeah, you yeah. wanted that. Yeah. Um, what? What kind of person does it take to to set aside that kind of time and commitment and dedication to go and get your degree while you're already at the pinnacle of what people would think? Well, you're already successful. Yeah. You're already right. doing that. Why was it important? Like was it a forethought? Yeah. You know what? What was going through your mind at that point? Uh, so it was a promise that I made my mom, my grandma, uh, my grandma before she died. Uh, Definitely, uh, I said I would go to college, not just to play basketball. I would go to get my education because that was what, what was big uh, for my parents and for my family, um, being one of the first people to go to college. And also, not just go, but to also graduate. And uh, at the time, I wasn't making millions of dollars. I was I was making the league minimum, so there really <laughs> yeah, wasn't no yeah. wasn't no uh, you know no sweat to, to go back to school for sure, and for sure. kind of be the big man on campus again. You know, one of the few NBA players that come back and uh, actually go to school and stuff like that. So, like I said, it was uh, it was a promise I made my parents, my mom and dad, and uh, I wanted to you know fulfill that that promise and go back and get my degree. The dedication, commitment. Sounds like you person like a man of your word. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that you, you kind of teased to it and brought up, you know, you made this promise. Um, there's a legacy that's in the Watson family, mm -hmm. you know, back home. Yeah. Uh, did that kind of go into that? You know, tell us about your your your, your grandmother, your mother, segregation. Yeah, yeah. Was that a part of that, making sure that you, you, you held to that commitment? Yeah, that was definitely a big part of the legacy. Uh, my grandma was a big uh, movement, was a big person in the movement of civil rights in Nashville, Tennessee. She was one of the first families to black families to desegregate a, a white school. So my aunt, uh, she took my aunt to a white school 
was, I think it was like 12 families, 12 kids that desegregated school. And through the midst of all that, she got death threats. Uh, they threatened to bomb my grandma's house, uh, kidnap all six of her kids. Um, and then one, fast forward, uh, I guess like a year later, one of the guys that used to always threaten her and call her and tell her they were bomb the house, he got cancer. His wife got cancer. And my grandma was a nurse, and my grandma goes and treats his wife, wow. you know, and it just shows you the wow. humility, the the uh, generosity that she has, regardless of. She just wanted her kids to have a fair education, yeah. and uh, no matter what she done, she just did whatever, you know, she thought was right, and that was to have, you know, black and white kids have a, a fair shot of education. That's what she's big on. Man, that's, that's, see, life throws yeah, things. Worse, that, yeah, 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 yeah for yeah, sure, yeah. for sure. Man, I, it's, when I think about, you know, that, that historical context, right, and again, that legacy that, that you, you come from. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you, you fast forward to post-ball life and, you know, the foundation, the books, mm -hmm. does that all kind of still tie into that legacy that, you, that you're a part of, that also, that also you tr you're trying to maintain and build? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it's all a part of legacy. I want to leave my, my daughters, my kids, and uh, just not for, also for them, but just kids who grew up in my my area, my inner city, uh, just to show them that anything is possible. Uh, success can come in all different shapes and forms, you know, athletes, doctors, lawyers, whatever the case may be. Um, so like I said, I just want to inspire kids and just show them that uh, success is possible no matter what way, what route you go, and uh, just be a, you know, a role model for them. Because like I said, um, there's not many, I had, a, I didn't have a lot of role models growing up. All I could look for is my parents and other like athletes and stuff like that. But I can now that kids being from Vegas, you can actually come and touch me. You can talk to me. You can, you know, say, how can I do this, CJ, or what, you know, what can I do to be better at this or whatever. And I can give you my my advice or my my input. Yeah, it's I, I love that that the heart for the community, yeah. right? Um, you see where you're at, but you also see where you come from. And if you're a, if you're in a place in a position to open more doors yeah. for individuals, then rightfully so, you for step sure. into that. Yep. Um, those that don't know, right before you came here, I mean, yeah. you were you were volunteering your time yeah. to, to to speak with the students. Um, just a little bit more, like how important is that to you to be able to go in those spaces and just be able to fill that room with knowledge, but with also just your your, your presence. Yeah, like I said, I just I... when something happens to your kitchen, you might say this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. For just a kid just like them, you know, uh, growing up in the inner city, uh, trying to find my way, uh, parents, you know, struggling, trying to make ends meet. And, uh, you know, like I said, but I never had a, a role model or a professional athlete to come in and talk to me. But now that these kids can can do that, uh, like I said, I want to be there to to help them, to, to, to show them that anything is possible. And just like I said, just be that positive role model and just and let them know that, you know, you can do whatever you want to do in life. Yeah. It's <laughs> your book series. Mm -hmm. Why? Why a three part series? Right. But also why the book, the, the from that perspective? Uh, I just want to tell my story. Uh, kids always ask me, is is the book's true story? I say everything in the book is true. Everything happened. Uh, like in my first book, I had stinky socks. I had uh, I was very superstitious. 
Uh, so I wore the same basketball socks, never washed them. Um, like I said, all these things in my book are true. I wanted to tell a true story and, like I said, inspire kids because we all have dreams as a kid, as an adult. Um, obviously, my dreams obviously now are changing. Uh, I wanted to be an NBA player. I accomplished that. Now I want to be a, a good father, a good husband. I want to be a, a good entrepreneur. So all these dreams that we all have are, are ever changing, and I want to want them to know that. Yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a thing of the process when you think about goals adjusting and yeah. changing. Um, for you, you know, now you to to this point now that you are, um, you know, your dreams and goals are to be a good husband, to be a good mm -hmm. father. Um, what is it like to be a dad <laughs> in this environment? And I know you've got them from from teenagers down yeah, to yeah. toddlers. <laughs> Uh, how does how does that how has that changed you, especially being a girl dad, yeah, right? Yeah. How has how has that changed you over the last few years? Uh, it's changed a lot, man. It's probably you know changed my whole you know life. I feel like um, I'm a first time parent. I tell my daughter all the time, but I'm still ever changing and evolving. I need her input. Um, just yesterday or a couple months ago, she said she wanted a boyfriend. Uh, I was like, I had sleepless nights, you know, about her having a boyfriend. Uh, him asking me, can he date my daughter, which was very respectful, you know, because uh, I told her, like, if you want a boyfriend, that's the first thing that has to happen. He has to come and ask me first. That's like my little stipulations or whatever, but it's definitely fun to see her growing, uh, see my other ones grow. My little one, you know, the middle one is always a little different. They're a little off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's like I said, it's just fun to, to watch them grow and see the the change in every every aspect. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I've got two, so I don't have a middle one. Yeah, yeah. But I can see... My older, my older, uh, my oldest, how he's branching into his space. My youngest, how he's trying to hold on to being right. a baby. Yeah, yeah. It's like y'all aren't far apart, right, like, yeah. you know. But it's just that balance of being a good parent and knowing yeah. um, the differences, right? Yeah. Um, how important is it, you know, as a parent to know the differences in your children? Because that's one thing for me. I had to realize that I couldn't even chastise him in the same way because right. it doesn't land the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Um, but what's how important is it to have s direct relationships with each of your children? And be able to treat them differently, uh, how how they need to be treated to grow up. Uh, for me, it's just like having a team, and you got a team of different egos, right? You got to, you, you can't yell at this person like you yell at the next person. So you got to figure out the the, the kind of the, the bare minimum, bare minimum, and uh, try to figure that out. But uh, like I said, it's fun just to see their growth, to see their uh, see how all they're all similar, they all look just alike, just in the same different stages of life. And uh, like I said, just hard to. It's easy to communicate with them, especially when they're, you know, uh, six and two. But that 15-year-old man is definitely, it's definitely challenging. So you got your hands cut out for uh, teenage years is, is the worst. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're 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 getting yeah. <laughs> we're getting we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, now I I heard you out here doing some healthy vending machines, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like what? You know, I, I say like this is my experience. I said it's if. I was going to the vending machine and I was going to get like a candy bar yeah. and I get to the machine and I see this and I'm gonna look at it like what what right, yeah, but what are you what's what are you trying to do mm -hmm. you know with that route um, uh, and how how is that how is that being received how's it catching on yeah it's pretty good uh, we got four locations so far uh, so when I was like my last three or four years in league I stopped eating meat. I stopped uh, eating like fast food. Uh, I felt a change in my body and I just felt like, you know, if I can help other people have healthier options. Sure. Um, so we don't sell any Cheetos, no Doritos in our in our vending machine. We put candy in there because that's what they want it. So that's what they buy. So I got to make some kind of money. Yeah, but, no. uh, <laughs> it's just a, a passive income. It's, I don't think it's anything that, you know, make you super rich. But if you have like maybe 25 or 30 machines, then you, yeah, might, you yeah. might get there. But like I said, for me, it's just a passive income, something to help me run a business, learn how to run a business on my own. And then also, you know, just keep me busy. 
and what I heard there, still steady learning. Yeah, yeah, always. Steady yeah. learning too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you think about from a business perspective, what was kind of like one of the, the hardest things for you to wrap your mind around, right? As you think about entrepreneurship, developing business, uh, what was one of those like those obstacles that you, once you overcame it, you're like, ah, okay, cool. Yeah. I can know I can use this to move forward. Um, I think for me, it's just to hearing the word no. I think uh, obviously I heard the word no plenty of times already in my life, but just, you know, uh, going to different locations, asking them to put the vending machine in there, and they're like, "No, we don't want it. We uh, we don't need it." Uh, I'm like, "All right, cool." And you know, I'm just I feel like since I heard no so much in my life already, it's not a big deal to me anymore. But I think that's kind of just the the biggest thing, just accepting that and kind of just moving on. And whatever you know, it's right. It's gonna be right. Now you you, you said talked about uh, hearing no, moving on. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna ask you a question about the end of your league play. Yeah. Right. Um, so you finished up here, Orlando, Orlando last, last team, yeah. last team um, but you took some time to go play thereafter overseas. Yep. What Kind of what was going through your mind at that time? Was it, I got more juice in the tank, yep. or I know if I go play here, somebody somebody told me they're going to pull me back in. Yeah, like, yeah. What is, and, and then how does it look to see that in your face to where you're like, dang, I've been doing this for my life, my yeah, whole yeah. life, and now it's it's – I might not be doing that anymore. Like, what goes through what goes through your mind? Uh, I think just at the end of the point, I was just like, you know, I still felt like I had a little more in the tank. I felt like I can still play. Um, I felt like I was still young enough. Uh, but when I got overseas, uh, I was still playing with younger guys. Still, uh, I was like, I, I can still do this. But then at the end of the day, I was like, you know, it, this is. I feel like my body was just telling me, like, this is just it's time to it's time to quit. Uh, I definitely finished the season, uh, but I think I left early because they thought well, they weren't going to pay me. So I was like, I don't need this. <laughs> so, yeah. I bought my own ticket. I was right back <laughs> right, home. Right. Uh, I was back home like the next day, I think. Nice. <laughs> so all I needed was a way out. They gave me yeah, a way out. I was like, yeah. yo, this is all I needed. So. For sure, for sure. <laughs> now, you know, I asked you this off camera beforehand, but you're not out there giving nobody buckets. No, no, no not anymore. I played in the Lifetime League a couple times, but you know, people just started trying to go at me. Trying <laughs> right, to, uh, yeah. Trying to make me turn the switch back on. I was like, no, I'm just here for the cardio, just to get some <laughs> good run in, man. And people just, you know, you know, people just at Lifetime League, they take it seriously. They got yeah. matching shoes and jerseys and plays and stuff like that. I'm like, I, I ain't here coming for all that. <laughs> I just came to play. <laughs> yeah. No, man, I, I, I love that. Like, that's their one opportunity. Yeah, yeah. They're like, they want to nah. put me on Instagram. Yeah. I'm like, I, I ain't no, I'm not about to be on Instagram. <laughs> now, so let's go full picture here, right? Born in Vegas. Mm -hmm. um, play ball. Achieve your dream. Went all over the world. But then when you retired, you came back to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. What about Vegas, right? What made you come back home and settle down here in Vegas? Uh, Vegas was always home. Even though I played and uh, went away for college or went away for, uh, for the NBA, I always had a home here. Uh, so I always came back as soon as the season was over. I always trained here when my training was here. Uh, like I said, my foundation was here, my basketball camp was here. So uh, Vegas just is what I know, uh, what I love, um, you know, the ins and outs of it. I know where to go, where not to go. So I can't do that in any other city. I feel like I, I, know, I know people everywhere. So Vegas is just, you know, it's just home for me. Got you. Do you see a lot of, because you think about Vegas, you, see, you hear people like all these horror stories about money. Yeah. Do you, do, you, do you actually see a lot of that here? Like people just frivolously? I'm sure, yeah. I mean, I don't gamble like that. So I, I play like $100. $100 is my limit. And then after $100, if I lose it, I'm done. <laughs> you said I'm done. I'm, I'm too yeah. competitive. I'm going to keep going back and back and back. So I'm just going to start with 100 and that's it. But I've heard stories, you know, people losing their money. I have friends who... They uh, professional gamble. That's all they do is gamble. That's their that's their job. So, yeah. And, and bet. So 
um, that's not for me, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. You like controlling your odds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't control, I can't bet on something I can't control. I can't bet on you if you going out there and playing and I'm looking for the spread to be five and at the end of the game you're hitting a three. So I can't, yeah, I that's, can't do all that. That's true. <laughs> now, ooh, let me see. On the court, on the court. Uh, favorite basketball moment for you mm-hmm. would be uh, what? NBA or just any, any moment? Uh, let me do both if, if they're different. Uh, I would say like high school was like winning the state championship, getting my jersey retired, uh, high school and middle school. Uh, then uh, I would say NBA is just like uh, my first game. I feel like that's the, you know, I worked hard to get there. Um, and uh, that's what I worked hard for. It was to get there at that moment at that point, putting that jersey on before the locker room. Coach called my number to come out there and play, you know, you know, score my first bucket. I think that's the, the highlight of it all. Now, I've heard I've heard different perspectives about that first game from different people, right? Yeah, yeah. Some people are like, yo, my nerves was going. Some people are like, man, I'm ready. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, call my name. Coach, right. I'm ready to get off in there. Yeah. For you, how was, how was that, how was that the, the feeling prior to that? Uh, I was definitely nervous, but the feeling for me was I was on a 10-day contract, so I had to play good. So uh, if I was sure. playing bad, I, would, I wouldn't get an extra 10 days. So. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was ready for the moment. Uh, I think we was getting blown out anyway, so he threw me in like at the fourth quarter or whatever. So I got, I think, 11 points against the... Trailblazers in Portland, so I, I remember, like I said, I remember like it was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it was nervous, but I was definitely ready to go out there and show that I could play. Yeah, is it is it a on-the-court, off-the-court persona that you have, or are you just saying CJ on the court and off the court? Uh, I mean, my sister gave me the nickname Quiet Storm because I'm shy and reserved, but when I get on the court, uh, my basketball game hits you like a storm. That's what she says. So, yeah. but, uh, I'm definitely, you know, off the court, definitely a little reserved more than I am on the court. Got you, yeah. got you, got you. Toughest competitor to play against? Um, I would say any small guard because I was like a, I wasn't a huge guard, but anybody like five, six, five, nine. I hated playing as those those dudes because they would pick you up full court and they were fast and like yeah. you know get stay up under you. But I think those are like the worst people for me like to go against defensively. Got you. Um, favorite teammate. Favorite teammate, I would say, uh, I don't know, that's tough. Uh, I would say Joe Kim Noah. Uh, it was one of my favorite teammates. David West. Uh, they're probably those two. And Gritty Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's tough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. They always have my back, you know. For sure. <laughs> I was just so I was doing on the court, so somebody had to step up for you. No, for sure. I <laughs> love to hear it. Yeah, I love to hear it, man. Well, man, CJ, man, again, man, we appreciate you tapping in yep. with us uh, here on the check-in, Las Vegas style. Appreciate you walking with us to your home. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, man, people out there looking to follow you, tap in. How can they How can they keep up with your journey? How can they tap in uh, to the foundation? Mm-hmm. Where can they get all that information? Uh, Instagram and Twitter, I think I'm quietstorm underscore 32. Uh, foundation is uh, quietstormfoundation.org. If you want to purchase the books, uh, cjpins.com or go to Amazon. You heard it here, guys. CJ Watts. Thank you so much for joining us today. Another episode of Check In in the books. You've heard it. Now share it. Somebody else needs to hear the story. Never, you never, never underestimate hearing or sharing the story with somebody else because you don't know what CJ just said that they can hear as well that can help them get through it. So don't hesitate. Like, subscribe, share it. Send this message out to everyone that you know. Let them know to follow Quiet, Quiet Storm underscore 32 on social platforms as well. And get the book, cjpins.com. Go tap into it. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? 
Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.